0: describes the Red Wings games on Monday night against the Philadelphia Flyers uh, pretty accurately. Uh, What's going on everybody? This is Noel Bianchi. You're listening to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I am a Detroit area sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan bringing you all the information that you need to know on the Red Wings every single day like we do all across the Lockdown Network here. And I gotta say this one uh, this one hurts. I don't know why because i mean so the red wings lose their ninth in a row uh, to the philadelphia flyers who were visiting lca on monday night 3 to nothing and it was really just from start to finish a complete and utter disaster uh, red wings get andreas anthony you back it'll be their first game uh, without philip zadina um, and really i mean Do you guys want to hear some, like, stats? I'm just going to read you some stats. Nine Red Wings had a shot on goal. 16 in total. Only three of them had more than one shot on goal. Philip Peronik, who had two. Trevor Daly, who had two. And Darren Helm, who had six. Six shots for Darren Helm. Uh, Dylan Larkin had zero. Bertuzzi and Athanis. See you each one apiece. I mean, when Darren Helm's taking 37.5% of uh, shots for your entire team, that's a problem. His first shot of the game, he, like, it was on a penalty kill. <laughs> and, uh... He got a chip, uh, you know, somebody chipped it up the boards. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember exactly how he got it, but pretty much he went in on a bit of an odd man rush, had a clear lane to the net, tries to get a shot off uh, with Luke Glendening crashing trips over what, I mean, I don't know, maybe hit a bad patch of ice. I have no idea. As he was looking to get, let go of the shot, uh, the puck goes right into like the bread basket. No rebound. I mean, there was a rebound, but it like kind of not really. Like, Glenn Denny never had a shot in it. Uh, Darren Helm just I don't know. It was not enough to, you know, qualify as a really quality scoring chance. Uh, but that would just kind of sum up the night, the fact that Darren Helm had a shot that was so silly looking. And to be fair, it was like while they were on the penalty kill. He had a shot that was so silly looking. It was probably the highlight of the game for the Red Wings outside of what Jonathan Bernier did. He was magnificent again. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit later, but that was the first shot of the game for a guy who had three times the amount of shots on goal than anybody else on your team. Now, I'm not knocking Darren Helm. I love me some Darren Helm. I, I, I didn't. So, I used to know this guy who got bootleg jerseys back in the day, and I want, I like it. I, when I found out, I was like, can I get a Darren Helm jersey? This is 2009, mind you. But I like Darren Helm. I want to see Darren Helm succeed, score goals. I don't want to see Darren Helm with three times the amount of shots as anybody else in the Detroit Red Wings. That's not a good sign. I mean, we'll jump into this one. Uh, in a little bit here. Take it through the rest of the show. What we're probably going to do here today is uh, talk a little bit about this Flyers and Red Wings game that happened on Monday night, and not just happened, happened on national television, mind you. Uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna look over some of that. We also have uh, some other things to get to. We didn't do the Grand Rapids update uh, on Monday's show. Um, just one game to cover there, and then we are going to kind of preview the rest of their week. They have three games from now until Monday. Uh, Really a chance to kind of put themselves in a good position there in that central division where they are fighting for a playoff spot in what looks to be a highly contested race in the sense that there's like four teams kind of battling for that fourth and final spot in that division. Uh, And then we're going to take you to uh, Philadelphia, where the Philadelphia police finally brought our long national nightmare to a close and uh, ended the saga on Gritty Gritty. And the allegations of whether or not he assaulted a 13 year old boy by punching him square in the back. We get to the bottom of that, find out what went on, see if we finally got, uh, if they finally identified a perpetrator within the suit. But in the meantime, either while you're listening to this episode or afterwards, uh, or before, if you want to press pause. Go do this thing that I'm about to tell you to do, and then restart the episode and listen to the first five minutes of me rambling on about nonsense all over again. Be my guest. I want you to follow me at us on Twitter at lo underscore Red Wings. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Uh, we post a lot of highlights, a lot of videos, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff, into watching Red Wings games without actually having to watch the Red Wings games, that's an option for you. You'll see, uh, we'll, you know, we'll post highlights there. And don't forget, you can also tweet us feedback uh, on the episodes. Talk to us about what you want to hear from future episodes. Uh, give some feedback on maybe the programming, what you like, what you don't. Uh, I'm sure you guys liked the episode uh, with Ted Colfin last week. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. It was our best episode from last week. He talked Mo Sider, uh, you know, Joe Valeno, Michael Rasmussen, everything else he saw uh, in Grand Rapids, as well as what the options are for the Red Wings at the trade deadline. Uh, we kind of all know right now, well, you know, what's sad is that like, if you search a name like Chris Kreider, you see like a whole bunch of other, you see a whole bunch of articles coming up about like who could possibly trade for him. And I'm bringing up Chris Kreider, uh, simply because of the fact that we saw him for two games this weekend and talked to John Chick, uh, from the lockdown Rangers podcast, kind of about his situation and how they're looking to move him out of town. If you search Chris Kreider right now, if you just do a name search, tons of articles will pop up of, Teams that have been targeting him, uh, you know, what the asking price might be. If you do that for any Red Wings on the trade deadline, crickets. Uh, You know, that's just the way things have been kind of going. It's not even, like, fun like last year or the year before that where they had assets to trade off of the deadline that would get them somebody in return or, like, you know, an extra pick or two in return. Like, it's just desolate. Like, where are they going to get a first-round pick? Maybe Jonathan Bernier. I guess that's something that we can probably talk about another time. Uh, What Jonathan Bernier's trade value is. Should the Red Wings decide to move him. He is under contract for another year. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. He's the only good thing the Red Wings have going right now. And I know it's like, okay, who cares? But, yeah, I don't know. He's an option. With how we're playing better, I guess maybe that makes a potential deal uh, before the February 24th trade downline a little more stomachable. Uh, If you do get something in return, you know, if you get a really good offer from a playoff contending team, uh, Frederick Anderson in Toronto just went down tonight, so that could be an option there. If they're looking for some extra goaltending depth as they head towards the playoffs. Uh, But like I said, I mean, when it's looking as bad as it is, you might as well take a chance uh, on shipping Bernier out. If somebody is willing to give you something for him, uh, not only that, but you'd be doing him a huge favor. Like, I'm sure... Like, the next time he plays hockey for another NHL team, his mind's going to be like... He gets to his first practice. He's like, Coach, what are these guys doing back here? Those are defensemen, Jonathan. Oh. (laughs) Alright, let's jump on into it. So just when it seemed like things could not get any worse for your Detroit Red Wings somebody decided to put them on national television on a Monday night uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. That matchup in itself is just putrid. But the Red Wings somehow made it seem worse than it is because they were bad. Uh, They start this one. Both teams getting chances early. Uh, Daly has a terrific chance in the high slot that he just completely missing out on. Uh, Athanasiu was getting involved. He had a look, you know, albeit not a great one, uh, but in a scrum out front where he kind of was able to just flick the puck at the net. And, uh, you know, right now those are the type of opportunities that the Red Wings are trying to create, you'd think, uh, rather than try and slow things down, play puck control. Uh, right now they're just trying to get a lot of pucks at net. And a lot of times, you know, that's just a cliche thing that, that some guys like to uh, say during the playoffs or in press conferences or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, But that really truly is the way that the Red Wings have to be able to score goals right now because their puck possession game is terrible, uh, both at even strength and on the power play. So getting pucks on net, creating a little bit of chaos in that crease is hopefully how you want to do it. But after those two early chances, the Flyers kind of start to take over a little bit. Uh, They spend a ton of time in the attacking zone, get a bunch of good looks in the net. Uh, Bernier is forced to make a few cross-crease saves to keep the Flyers scoreless. But, I mean, the Flyers have, like, at this point, fully, fully taken control of the game. They end up getting a power play. Trevor Daly heads to the box at 10:02 for holding. And, uh, you know, shots are 9-2 at this point. Not great. And then you go on the PK. Darren Helm leads uh, leads that rush out of the zone like we talked about earlier. Gets off a, a look. I'm not going to say it was a good look. It was from, like, a decent... Like where you would want, he made the most of the situation, but he fell down. Do you get what I'm saying? It's okay if you don't. I'm making a lot of excuses for these guys, uh, but you know, Bernier is still strong to close a period. He keeps the Flyers scoreless heading into the first intermission. Uh, you know, Red Wings got a chance at the end of the end of, end of the period. Ethan gives to Larkin with a full head of steam, who made a backhanded pass to Bertuzzi. Uh, That one kind of got in on him a little bit, handcuffed him, and Burt was forced to do the old how-do-you-do through the legs. He just didn't have enough time to do that move before he plowed into Brian Elliott. So uh, I think that was Bertuzzi's only shot of the game. Um, But, you know, they had in the locker room, nothing, nothing. And this was definitely a floodgates game. We talked a little bit yesterday about how the second game against the Rangers on Saturday night didn't feel like a floodgates game, and like that in and of itself was a win. But this was definitely a floodgates game. This was a matter of time. When, when are the Flyers going to score three? And, I mean, they really didn't. But, I mean, they obviously did score exactly three. They added two at the end of the, well, one to start the third, one to end the third. But that's beside the point. Because this game had a much different feel to it than the Rangers game. Red Wings really, outside of the couple, you know, one-off chances that we talked about, hadn't done anything to this point. The Philadelphia Flyers, on the other hand, uh, were getting every chance under the sun. Uh, only Jonathan Bernier at this point was keeping the minute. Come out flat as can be in the second period, too. And you still get that feeling of, the, of a floodgates game. Just three combined shots through the first seven minutes of the period, which I guess favors the Red Wings at least when Jonathan Bernier has been playing as well as he has um I don't know Alex Biega puts Philadelphia on their second power play of the night with a penalty uh Philadelphia doesn't get any shots on net but it doesn't take long uh, after that before Philadelphia does kind of steal the momentum go up one nothing, as Scott Lofton beats Bernier short side to give the Flyers a one nothing lead halfway through the second and to close this one out the Red Wings continue to struggle mightily to get chances. Uh, I was planning when I was like writing out the episode template or just you know the bullet points for what I was going to talk about. As I was like watching the second period come to an end, I was like thinking to myself, you know, it'd probably be good to touch on the fact that the Red Wings haven't gotten any power plays to this point in the game. They didn't get any on Friday, and Jeff Blashill kind of just touched about in his post-game press conference how you have to earn, you know, opportunities to go on the power play. You earn them by working hard in the offensive zone and drawing a penalty. You earn them by going hard at a guy and, you know, earning a retaliation penalty. Whatever it may be, however you can take it, Gordon Bombay, you go down to the ice like you're cut, whatever you got to do. Well, that's exactly what Tyler Bertuzzi did. Caught a stick to the face. Wasn't faking it, though. It looked painful. Uh, listen, the Red Wings, after going on their first power play of the game, did get scored on shorthanded by Kevin Hayes. That's not good. I'm not even going to get like, I'm not even going to get into that. Like, <laughs> I was thinking like, I should, I, sometimes I'll see something happen and I'll be like, oh, I need to go down and like, or like, watch how this all developed. I was like, no, not this one. I don't care. It happened shorthanded. I don't have to fix it the next day. I'm not watching it. I can't keep watching them do this to themselves. Um, <clears throat> no, but in all seriousness, like, you need, like, this game, obviously, and I, w- I was going to say it was an outlier to where you get scored on shorthanded, but obviously it's not because the Red Wings now, after this game, uh, between this and then the shorthanded empty net goal at the end of the game, Uh, Now, really stretching out their league worst, uh, 11 worst shorthanded goals against. um, But you you need power plays. Power plays create momentum. Power plays create confidence. Power plays remind you that moving the puck in the offensive zone tape to tape is something you've been doing your whole life. But Blashill is right, and that you do have to earn those power plays, and that the Red Wings haven't been doing that right now. Um, You know, like I just mentioned, Kevin Hayes comes out uh, when the Wings go on the power play, steals a puck, goes in all alone, beats Bernier, yada yada yada. Um, You know, the Red Wings were the Red Wings, like to their credit. I'm not. I actually, I'm not even going to say to their credit. I'm just saying this happened. Uh, They were dead even in the third period, you know, with the Flyers at the midway point and shots, but uh, it's just crazy because you see that, and then, like, this was the best. If somebody were to ask me, like, what is the eye test? You know, they say, you know, I hear people talk about the eye test a lot. What does that mean? I mean, it means a a situation where the statistics cannot tell the full story in the shots category, Certainly did not halfway through that third period. It's almost laughable, like the difference in the quality of shots that the Flyers were getting compared to the Red Wings. Uh, Bernie made a glove save on what seemed like a sure goal at 10:30. Philly continued to pour it on. I mean, poor Jonathan Bernier, big save after big save, and uh, I mean that's just kind of the way things went. It was another bleed out, two nothing, got shut out at home, ugly, horrific, disastrous type of game, and it's a shame. Because it was another great game from Jonathan Bernier. He made 30 saves. Just ugly. Luckily, though, the Red Wings don't play again until Thursday. uh, When they go to Buffalo. At least I'm pretty sure they go to Buffalo. Hopefully they go to Buffalo so the hardworking people of Detroit don't have to spend their money or their time at a Red Wings game on Thursday night. Uh, I'll be watching, though. And I know you will be. So... Just put this one behind you. Yeah, this was an ugliness of all uglies, uh, especially against the Flyers. Like this reminds, like this reminded me a lot of the Wild game when, like, you don't expect to get a win, but you're like, maybe, <laughs> you know. Especially after well, how well Jonathan Bernie played on Saturday, you're like, you start looking at this Flyers game, you're like. And, like, the the Red Wings on Saturday as well had a ton of chances. Didn't score. Had a ton of chances. You're like, maybe you comes back. Bernier turns it on. Maybe they win 3-2. No. It's a 3 nothing loss. But that's all right. Every day we are straying further and further. From the start of the season and closer and closer to that NHL draft lottery. Which I all know, uh, I know you're all looking very much forward to that. Uh, Some of those guys who get drafted will be playing Grand Rapids next season. Speaking of Grand Rapids, we got an update for you. The Griffins returned to action uh, on Friday night for the first time since the All-Star break uh, went on January 8th. Uh, if you'll recall, Grand Rapids entered the all-star break on a little bit of a run. Their 8-game point streak was snapped in that 8th and final game of a long homestand, but otherwise in a great position to make some noise in the second half of the season, which began in Iowa against Central Division foe the Wild. Uh, they were unfortunately not able to win their only game of the weekend. Uh, they fell 4-1. to one. Not a great performance all around. Griffiths had just 4 shots on goal total on goal total in the first period while the Wild put in two. Uh, you know, they turned it up a bit in the second period, gave themselves a shot, 16 shots, I think, in that second period. Uh, Taro Hirose eventually helped the Griffins get on a board with a great effort that didn't end in a goal for him, but uh, the rebound on his wraparound attempt did make his way to Dominic Turjan who buried his tenth of the season. Uh, that gives him 20 points on the year for the 23-year-old Turgeon, tying his mark from last year in less than 52 games. Uh, also, that assist uh, for Taro Hirose gave him a helper in five straight games, the longest streak for a Griffins player this season, as he's got eight during that span. Pat Nagel took the loss in Grand Rapids uh, in his tenth appearance this season. We'll probably see Calvin Picard going forward, but uh, you know, with Bernier not making his way back into the lineup for Detroit until Saturday, he was of course uh, not available, serving as the Red Wings' backup with Jimmy Howard making that start at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Iowa, one of those teams who's kind of elevated itself. Above the rest of the pack in that Central Division, they're safely holding on to a second-place spot by 11 points over the Chicago Wolves. Uh, Meanwhile, Grand Rapids right in the thick of things. Honestly, that can kind of be said uh, about the entire rest of the Central Division. Just four points separating uh, the 4th-place Stars and the 8th-place Manitoba Moose. Uh, The Griffins in 5th place right now, tied with 46 points with the Texas Stars uh, still on the outside looking in. Although uh, some good news coming out of that Friday night slate of games was that the Texas Stars did lose to San Antonio three to two, so still tied. Well, not tied. Uh, well, still tied in points, but not for the actual spot. Uh, and the Griffins have a chance to help themselves later on this week. Uh, by the time we check back in with them on Monday, they will have played on Wednesday night against the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, not going to be an easy game. They are atop the Central Division. Um, But they do have two games against the Stars this weekend. So if you can pull out a win somehow against the Milwaukee Admirals, you got the Texas Stars at home in Van Andel. I mean, what else could you really ask for at this point in the season? You know, they didn't have the hottest start, have started to come alive as of lately. So really just going to be an important couple of games for the Grand Rapids Griffins as they look to hold on You know, and stay right in the thick of things. I don't think they'll ever be out of it, uh, or not ever be out of it. I don't think they'll be out of it if, you know, they go on a three game losing streak here or something along those lines. But certainly uh, the time is coming to take things seriously. And you want to make an impact. You want to be winning games while you have all of your top guys down there. Before Mo Sider comes up for his nine game tryout. Before, you know, Joe Valeno comes up and gets a couple games up here. Before Michael Rasmussen. Leaves Grand Rapids uh, for Detroit. So really, really want to get yourself in a good position to make a playoff push because as we talk about with Ted Colfin, uh, there is a lot of value in, the, in guys going through a playoff push, a chase for you know a playoff spot within the AHL in professional hockey, learning how to be leaders, learning how to be in positions to when they get in the NHL and the Red Wings are contending for a playoff spot. They aren't foreign to the concept of you know playoff professional hockey so with everything that's going on with the Red Wings right now and all the losing that's going on I would recommend checking them out they do play some pretty exciting games and like I said uh three really good games coming up this week where the Griffins will have a chance to really just gain an upper hand uh I mean you could realistically you know say say you and the Stars both lose on Wednesday then you beat the Stars both times this weekend you got a four-point lead on them By the time we come back for this Grand Rapids update. So, definitely worth watching. Like I said, they have been playing uh, some pretty entertaining hockey. And with most Sider still down there, Joe Valeno, even Dominic Turgeon, You know, whoever, whoever, who's your Griffin? I want you to pick a favorite Grand Rapids Griffins player and tweet him at me. At Noel Bianchi, at LO underscore Red Wings, wherever you want to find me. If you want to find me on Facebook and ask for my personal phone number, want to call up, talk a little Red Wings, that's cool too. I'm open to it. Um, last bit of business we got here today. Gritty's name has been cleared. Uh, Philadelphia police saying that there was no merit to the uh, allegations that Gritty assaulted a teen during, the, during that photo session that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you'll recall, Gritty allegedly, uh, in retaliation for being tapped on the head by uh, a 13-year-old boy, leaped out of his chair, took a running start, and punched him right in the spine. So, somebody's <laughs> somebody's got to go to prison. Like we said, somebody's got to go to prison. Should this 13-year-old boy go to prison? I don't know. Also, how does that... You know what's crazy to me? Is uh, parents... Who, like, make up lies and then make their kids go along with it to, like, the police or whoever, you know? I just think of Balloon Boy. I'm not comparing the the dad of the boy who sued Gritty, or I guess the dad who sued Gritty, to the parents of Balloon Boy, but same concept, you know? I don't know. Flyers released a statement today saying, We are pleased that the Philadelphia Police Department concluded there was no merit to the alleged claim. Uh, the Police Department's statement confirms our thorough internal investigation that found no evidence of the described actions ever having taken place. Now, the sad bit of news here is that we never did get to find out who was under uh, under the mask when the alleged actions occurred, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. I was hoping it would be like uh, Gritty at the time was being played by Joseph Smith, twenty-seven. Out of, what's a city near Philadelphia? Villanova? Is that just a college? Why do you guys listen to this? (laughs) Uh, You know, either way, I do just kind of feel a sense of relief. Gritty is innocent. Hashtag free gritty. Hashtag justice for gritty. Hashtag... I'm out of here. We'll catch up with you guys tomorrow right here on the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We do it every day here on the Lockdown Network, and we sure are happy to have you with us because this would be a, ran, uh, a rather lonely endeavor if you weren't. And uh, I checked the data. There are people listening, believe it or not. You're one of them. But there are others. And the best bit of information that I can relay to you or just simply remind you of is that You can rest easy when you go to sleep tonight, knowing that when you wake up, the Red Wings will have not lost a hockey game the night before, and they won't lose a hockey game later that night. So, congratulations. Uh, Go wild. This is your Stanley Cup, folks. Two days off.